Hello everyone, I'm your host Luke, and today I am doing a Alien Abduction Stories podcast from Randos on Reddit. So let's get right into it. This happened to me when I was 10 years old in Calgary, Alberta in 1970. They were walking home from school, cutting across the sports field. Their house wasn't far. They lived across the street from the school, and there weren't any other kids around since they had stayed late for a volleyball practice, and the rest of the students had gone home from 45 minutes earlier when school let out for the day. It was about 4.30 in the afternoon. Something caught their attention from the corner of their eye, and they stopped and turned to the right to look at it. Floating directly above a house facing the schoolyard was a large UFO. They were in the middle of the football field, so this was about 60 to 70 yards distant from where they stood. The UFO was big and almost touching the roof of the house. It was completely centered on the house, but it was so big, it also was above the house on the left and right. The lots there are 50 feet wide, which would put the UFO at about 100 feet across and perhaps 25 to 30 feet tall. I would just like to add that I've heard personal accounts from, I think even family members where um, like they were like stargazing or whatever. And like they saw a UFO that like literally blotted out the sky. Like I can't even imagine that. It was very bright, giving off a harsh white light, which is difficult to look at since it hurt their eyes. They looked back towards their house and saw a car and a motorcycle on the side street, which intersected the street with the UFO. That street was about half a block away, and he remembers being surprised and confused that the drivers were not reacting to the UFO, which clearly must have been visible to them and so obvious since it was so bright, but the traffic continued as normal. At that point, he became aware that something was forcing him to turn his head back towards the UFO. He was turning and his field of view was changing, but he wasn't the one doing it. He struggled to turn away, but simply couldn't control his body. He remembers feeling a feeling of panic. Then the next thing that he remembered is that he was walking into his house, and it was about 9.30 at night and dark outside. He can't recall anything of the last five hours, and his parents were furious with him for being so late. Apparently, his parents and two brothers had been trying to find him for hours, and a voice slash thought in his head told him to tell them that he wasn't feeling well and that he needed to go to bed. He had no idea where that voice came from, uh, but he did as it suggested. The next day, he still can't seem to explain what happened, and his mother was even more angry with him since his new school shoes had been ruined, and since the tops of them were all scuffed and dirty. Like they were dragged face down across the ground with their feet still dragging on the ground. He told his older brothers what happened, and they suggested that he keep quiet about it since nobody would believe him. Uh Many years later, he's looking at his old school workbooks from that time, and they are full of drawings of UFOs, all of the same design, 
and with more detail than he can recall from memory. For example, in his memory, he can't remember seeing any windows in the UFO since the light was too bright to make out details. But in his drawings, there were large round windows all around the UFO, some with faces looking out. Those are always my favorite kind of UFO sighting um, videos where they see occupants in the UFO. Like the UFOs have like, I guess, viewing ports, windows, whatever you want to call them. And they can see figures in them. Um, there's a few mothership alien UFO sightings that have that. I don't know. Um, here's another one. When they were in sixth grade, they woke up one day with four very small holes on their upper right thigh. It looked like the skin had been cut out in perfect tiny circles, yet there was no blood. The circles were in a straight line and across their thigh horizontally, no more than six inches wide completely. He also felt very tired and couldn't remember what he had dreamt. Um, he put band-aids on them and went to school as usual. The next morning he woke up and there were three new holes right above the previous four. He woke up once again very tired and drowsy and was now weirded out by how symmetrical everything was um, that he showed his mother. He said it was most likely ant or spider bites. I was going to say maybe they're uh, bed bug bites. Because like a bed bug, they'll take a small bite and then they'll move in a straight line, bite, move in a straight line, bite. Next morning, two more holes above the previous three. And the morning after that, one more. This is where he was seriously scared since the new holes formed a triangle that pointed to the knee and they weren't scabbing over. He was so tired and confused and was scared to go to bed. And he stayed up really late, but woke up the next morning, not even knowing that he had fallen asleep. It was only dark and then morning. When he did wake up, he was suddenly very alert and threw the blanket off his legs and he found all the holes completely gone. No scabbing or scarring or any trace of the circles on his thigh. He showed his mom and um, she just brushed it off as if it had healed. Um, like any other cut. Here's another one. Um, was camping in a campground in North Georgia with some friends. It was starting to downpour, so everyone left their tents in the woods and decided to rent one of the on-site cabins for everyone to sleep in. He decided he'd just sleep in his car because they wanted to stay up late and was tired from kayaking all day. He woke up to the rain stopping and it was kind of cold in the car and he had forgotten his sleeping bag in the tent. He checked the cabin to see if there were was any room left and the light was on and everyone was fast asleep. It was 3 a.m. He didn't want to squeeze in so he decided to trek his way back to the tent in the dark with a small pen light. In order to get to his tent he had to pass by everyone's that they left. Here's the last one and it was about 50 feet at least from the previous tent before it. 
He got in his tent, covered it up with the sleeping bag, and prepared to catch the last few hours of sleep before the sun rose. No more than 10 to 15 minutes from him getting in his tent, he began to hear light whispers ring out from the right side of the tent door. They weren't in English, and to his recollection, they were indecipherable. Just as the voices started, two orbs appeared together outside the tent, and they weren't the same glare as a flashlight would make, and both were of two different colors that the best of his ability had no real distinct colorful. The whispers outside the tent began arguing louder between each other, but still in a hushed tone. And as the whispers grew louder, the lights began swirling around the tent and behind him to the side to the front, not in the mo movement that one can make with flashlights, and at this point he realized no steps could be heard. He uncovered himself and knelt on the tent floor, preparing for the zipper to come undone, like in a horror movie, and was flipping through his mind on what option to take, fight or flight. The lights swirled faster and faster, and the voices grew louder and louder, but still breathy and whispery. His mind raced, and he was sweating despite the cold. And then... Just like that, the lights shut off like a switch, and the whispers stopped, and nothing but silence from an empty wood. He stood there as still as he could, and didn't dare go outside that tent till the sun came up. It was, and still is, the scariest moment of his life. He hopes that made sense. Oh, here's some more voices. That's cool. Um... This person had something similar happen to them when they were 13. He was home alone on their farm as his mom and sisters were at some sort of high school sports thing. He had just finished chores for the night and were heading back to his house. He had to take off his mud-encrusted lace-up boots, which took forever, and started listening to what he thought was his mom and sister talking. He remembers thinking it was weird as it really didn't sound like them, but it didn't really sound like talking either. His brain knew somebody was talking in a very loud and annoyed way, but he didn't remember actually physically hearing it or being able to decipher the language. He was also starting to get a bad feeling over the fact that he did not see anybody come home while he was outside. Obviously, someone could have pulled in just as he went into their back mudroom, but he never ever heard a car door close, the front door open, or their rat terrier start to bark. They finally pried the boots off their feet and headed inside. They called out hello while they passed through the kitchen, heading through the front door. Um, and they just felt like they messed up by doing that. Uh, so they kept walking through the kitchen in order to see who was there. The voices were now arguing with each other and somehow knew they were talking about him. He eventually got to the breakfast bar that divided the kitchen from the front door area. And there he could finally make his body stop walking and froze up. Hanging in front of the door were two gray glowing orbs. 
the voices were very loud and very angry now, but in a weird muffled screaming way. He knew it was loud, but his ears weren't picking it up. And within a second, both of them had stopped talking, twirled around each other several times, and then shot through the ceiling. He ended up sitting at the kitchen computer, staring at the blank monitor until he heard his mom and sister come through the front door about 15 minutes later. Um, Okay. Um, okay, I love this guy's username. Snow Globe Snot. Oh boy, here we go. This is going to be long and very hard to explain. And to clarify, he didn't think he was abducted, but his friend did. He was about 15. Every night a guy, he'll call Jay and him, would sneak out at about midnight and go back home around 4 to 5 in the morning before their parents would wake up for work. On one particular night, they snuck out. It was about 1 a.m. They headed to their backyard, laid on the trampoline, and stared at the stars and talked like they always did. Hmm. Now you're in a room right now, and you look around, and you'll see the definite four corners where your ceilings and walls meet. You can see how square they turn, edge of wall, sharp turn, second wall, same with your ceiling. You can see each individual flat surface. The sky did that. It went from staring at the stars to looking like a cube of sky. From the southeast corner of the sky came this giant UFO. Huge. As if it took up a quarter of the entire sky. They both stared at it in dead silence. And it didn't make any noise even as it moved. And while it, quote, spun, is only hovering straight. The spinning didn't move like it would, you would imagine, a frisbee doing. And the sides just turned while it moved. He guessed it, what it looked like didn't matter, but him and his friend had their eyes dead set on it. They didn't say a word. They didn't show it to the other person. As it began coming towards them, they both flipped over. Again, no hints, no talking, no eye contact. In total sync, they flipped onto their stomachs and stayed as flat and quiet as possible. And... So, they watch it make a weird angled C shape across the sky. And although it felt totally in slow motion, it could have only been a few minutes because they think both of them hold their breath the entire time. Now, for the weirdest part, as soon as it was out of sight, boom, daybreak. So, you know, there's that um, missing gap of time that alien abductees uh, report constantly. And he goes on to say that they had literally just gone to the yard and they know it was 1.15 a.m. because they checked, but the minute they were released from laying flat, it was very bright, like 7.38 a.m. bright. And they don't remember talking to him at all afterwards other than making eye contact and making a break for their homes before their parents noticed they weren't there. A few weeks, even months maybe, 
they're talking to their brother's girlfriend about what happened. Apparently she's real into that stuff, but also completely terrified. She said the fact that it felt like a few minutes, but then it was only six or seven hours later, 100% makes her think they were abducted. She was serious. Um... <laughs> okay um here's another one i would say i was abducted by aliens specifically but i was taken somewhere it's more an abduction of consciousness if that makes sense they were sitting at the park one day in broad daylight with four or five friends they lived in a small community in the Midwest, so the park was empty except for them. They were talking and smoking cigarettes when suddenly everyone just kind of slowed down and eventually froze completely, himself included. He couldn't move or talk. He couldn't blink. He had to focus really hard on just breathing, and then he blacked out. He woke up alone in a dark, nearly pitch black room with three large illuminated screens around him. On the screens, he saw the park from above, the exact spot where his friends and him were sitting. He felt like he was in that room for hours until he blacked out again. He finally came to and realized he had been crying hysterically on the ground, and the rest of his friends um, seemed pretty wrecked too. Like, they all just experienced something equally terrifying. He's the first of them to speak, saying, I think I met God. And they all respond with similarly brief statements. He remembers one girl saying, they're on TV somewhere, which expressed the feeling of being watched, unsafe, and blah. Uh... He doesn't remember what anyone else said. He just says they all had the general idea that they had just gotten taken somewhere. Um, yeah. I don't know. Okay, so here's a different um, Reddit asking the same thing or variation of it desert camping uh watching the stars notice one of the stars is moving thinking it's too fast for a satellite too high up for an aircraft wonder what it was so he watched it about three quarters of the sky and then it slowed made a 90 degree turn accelerated and then disappeared and he still can't imagine what was anything but a UFO. Another guy is, he works graveyards on an airfield. And uh, he goes on to say the orientation of an aircraft at night is hard to ascertain without being able to see the wingtip lights clearly. One side has a green light, other is red. With those lights, they can tell which side the aircraft is closest to us and which direction the nose is facing. With his naked eye, he can only see lights on low flyers 
for about a while out. Ugh. Yeah. So I guess these are just UFO stories. Uh, when this person was about 12, they went to a music festival with their family. It was late, probably 11 p.m. or so. Everyone looked up at the sky to see several bright star-like orbs that were very slow moving across the sky. They weren't meteors because of how slow they were moving. It lasted almost two minutes before they disappeared. Um, in 2007, can't remember when, this person had a trip with a couple of friends to a desert in Egypt near Sawa. Around 10 to 11 p.m., they were chilling on a chair looking up at the sky when they noticed this bright light in the middle of the sky. They first thought it was just a star, so they look away for a bit, and they look up again. It's gone, but they didn't care about it much until they saw it reappear out of nowhere. Then it started moving again, not in any way like a plane or a helicopter. It goes, for goes forward, backward, a little bit of a zigzag pattern, and in a circle then disappears. It reappears again and moves the same way again for about three more times before it disappears from the sky completely. Um, when this guy was younger, his family would go up to Lake Ontario to spend weekends at his family, just a cottage. One night when he was eight or nine, his dad, sister, and him were on the beach doing the campfire thing. They looked out over the water and saw a few relatively bright lights on the horizon. Now, it was usual to see freight ships out there or even see the lights of Toronto, but this was definitely different. Different enough for his dad to run inside and grab the binoculars. So, there next to their fire, passing the binoculars around, watching these orbs seemingly float fairly close to the water. And now, as he remembers, they sat, were pretty set on just calling these lights from a boat. That is until the orbs began shooting beams of light into the water. And at this point, his dad says something nonchalantly along the lines of, oh, they're UFOs. They kept watching the light show. They would disappear and reappear and shoot their beams until... They just disappeared for good. Uh, yeah. He asked his sister recently about the experience, and her dad nonchalantly referred to it as the UFOs, but didn't have any logical excuse for them. They are very skeptical of this stuff and stories they hear. Uh, yeah. Okay, I love these stories. When this person was 13, they believed ET beings were following them around. They used to see to have sudden urges to go outside in the middle of the night and look up at the stars. Often they would see triangular-shaped aircraft hovering over them, then disappear. The house that lived in seemed to be haunted because they heard voices and saw non-human-shaped shadows through the corner of their eye. The creepiest part was when they would go to places an owl would follow them around um, everywhere they went. The same owl would be within their surroundings. 
The owl would also let them get close to it, but it was always a few feet too high for them to actually touch it. This lasted about six months. One night they were in bed and fully awake and scared because they felt like they were surrounded by a group of people. They were speaking in whispers and they couldn't make out what they were saying. Then they remember being lifted and thrown on their bed all in a state of panic only to find their dad with his gun drawn in the doorway. He said that he heard noises and when he opened his bedroom door he was floating so he ran and grabbed his gun. Um, so I guess their dad saw them floating but didn't see the figures. But if they if he went to grab his gun, who was he going to shoot? Was he going to shoot his own kid? I don't think so. He would have been seeing the figures surrounding the bed, right? And then they say, after that episode, the owl, the aircrafts, the TR-3Bs, the shadows, and the feeling of being watched vanished. Um, okay, so there's another one. His brother and him were driving around one night to get snacks for a night of doing whatever. They decide to cut through the tiny road that runs along a park because it's quicker. About halfway down the street, his car starts to freak out. Like the radio was all, wee chica. And his lights kept blinking. He stopped the car and the lights shut off. So he says, F it, I'll call dad. And he whips out his phone. As he's halfway through finding him in the contacts, his brother just loses it. He slaps the dash and was like, eh, what the heck are those? And points ahead to a street lamp. So he'll try to describe them the best he can. They had to be about three feet tall, almost a bulb-shaped body with lanky limbs that seemed to curve instead of just bend at the middle. Um, all four of these things didn't have any sort of distinct head, just cat-like reflective eyes slapped near the top of their form. They crossed the road with a dreamy, bowed walk. He says it's trippy. His brother was losing his mind, and he's trying to figure out what to do next. This all happened for about two minutes. Eventually, the creatures made it to the side of the road, and all is quiet. They were holding their breath, waiting to be shot with lasers or something. When a flicker of light comes from the thick of the park, suddenly their car is alive again. They gunned it out of there really quickly. Someone drew a terrible picture of those three-foot-tall beings. It's like a stick figure with creepy eyes, with stick arms and stick legs and a reverse pear-shaped body, I guess. Um, so here's another one. Um... I'm not sure what to think about this, but my friend who was in the car thinks it's aliens. My friend and I were driving north from Kenosha 
to his house about a half hour away. They had messed up on the on-ramp before, so they double-checked that they were going right with their GPS. After a while, he noticed the car had been tailgating him. He quickly matches the headlight pattern with that of an officer of the law, but his cruise control is set at the speed limit with none over. After being nervous about the cop for about five minutes of following him, very, he suddenly changed lanes to their left and blasted past them to tailgate someone else a few car lengths ahead. Their cop freaked them out, but they were almost on their off-ramp when they looked at the sign and then saw it, Welcome to Illinois. Um, they didn't make any turns, they stayed on the freeway, and the section they were driving on didn't have any splits. There was no turnaround, they were going the opposite direction north. But the freakiest part was, they pulled over and started doing some Google Maps calculations. From the place where they left Kenoska, it took a half hour driving south to get to the Illinois border, and they had started off going farther away. It had only been 20 minutes. The landmarks they passed going north were also more than 20 minutes away. In the time that had passed, they shouldn't have been able to see the landmarks or to drive to Illinois, even if they started off going south. Um, their friend who was with them thinks alien abduction. They picked them up and either wanted different humans for some reason or they had some form of time travel. And they put them back, they put them on the correct freeway, but in the wrong direction and location. Or perhaps they placed them in an alternative timeline. Either way, after they calmed down from their brains melting over something bizarre happening, the exact same thing happened with that same cop. They turned around and headed back north, got tailed for a few minutes, and then they suddenly changed lanes to the left and blasted the accelerator to get up on someone else's bumper. Uh, okay. So, anyways, uh, I hope you enjoyed this quaint half hour of, uh, alien abduction slash UFO sightings from our friends on Reddit. Uh, be sure to check out my other uh, podcast episodes. If you if you liked listening to this, I've done a couple on alien abductions. Um, I have a alien abductions playlist you can check out on my YouTube channel. Uh, linked in the description of the podcast. Um, follow me on Twitter. Uh, if you want to reach out to me, that's the best place to reach out to me on. Um, by the way, my first um, podcast newsletter is coming out on March 15th. You can find a copy of it on. that's going to be released on my Twitter profile. Um, maybe on my website too. I'm not really sure, but anyways, um, yeah, I guess look forward to that. Um, <laughs> this has been your host, Luke. Thanks for listening slash watching. If you're watching this on YouTube, uh, 
please share this video um, or others like it. Uh, and I hope you guys have a good weekend because it's going to be cold. Well, not cold, but it's going to snow. So, yeah. Thank you.